Is this the year that you want to get your business in newspapers and magazines? Perhaps you've seen others around you get loads of really cool press coverage, but just don't know where to begin? If so, PR in your pocket is the podcast for you. I'm Jenna, a journalist and PR, and each week I share practical, actionable tips to start getting your business media coverage today. To another episode of PR in your pocket. Today is going to be another really practical episode and it's going to solve hopefully a question that I keep getting asked all the time and that is where do you actually find the contacts? Where do you find the people to pitch to? So let's break it down and hopefully it will inspire you to send some pitches and put yourself forward today. Now One of the things that people find the hardest is two things, really. It's finding the right publications, and I'll talk about that briefly, but then it's finding the right publication and then figuring out, okay, how do I actually reach out to them? So let's break it down in a few different ways. The first thing in terms of finding publications and actually figuring out if it's the right one for you, someone asked me this week, It's honestly down to just reading more. And I don't know if this is a little bit easier for me because I would just consume magazines, uh, especially when I was a journalist. It's a shame now because there's hardly any like print magazines, um, but I just would consume them and read them. And and obviously when I became a writer, I had to read them because if you're going to pitch, you know, to write an article, you've got to know what the style is. And it's a tip that I talk about a lot, but... um, actually reading publications is the best way to actually find them. And I talk about Redley or Readley, however you say it, and I don't have an affiliate link or anything like that for them, but I think it's really great. It's $9.99 a month. You get all the magazines and newspapers on the, the device and especially if you really don't know the publications, like perhaps if you've got quite a niche industry, like perhaps if you want to type in business, but you're not sure what business publications there are, then the search function is really, really great for that as well. I do a lot of just manually searching. So typing in keywords such as, for example, online business magazine, entrepreneur interviews, and just seeing what publications come up that way. A lot of identifying the publications is really just reading, searching. Another good thing that you can do as well is, you know, if you follow people in your industry, uh, I sometimes follow other PR agencies as well, and you see what they're doing, what places brands have been featured in, and that gives you some more inspiration as well. So sometimes if you know someone in your industry that is getting some really great PR coverage, sometimes it can just spark ideas of publications that you might not have heard of. Um, There are other ways to do it as well. So obviously all the things that we talk about when finding press opportunities in general uh you know twitter even if you aren't pitching right now even if it's not a relevant request you could start creating lists you could start creating spreadsheets of different journalists and sometimes i will see something and it's literally nothing i did that today actually it's literally nothing to do with my client but i think oh that actually looks like a good publication let's just copy a link and add it to the trello board and then i'll come back to it um so you almost need to change your vision as like, you know, looking constantly for these publications. For some of us, it'll be really obvious. But for if you've got like a niche topic, then it can be trickier. But I think the biggest thing that people found actually is that a lot of us found the publications, but they just could not find the contact details. So that's what I wanted to talk about for the majority of this episode. So this is a big problem. And one thing I'm going to say before we start is, you know, when you go on a site, so let's say you go on 
business matters because that's what I was looking at just this second. And you see a contact form and it's getting more common now that the, the contact details, when you go to like contact us, are either a web form, an info at or a sales team because they're always very happy to put their sales team email address. Now, I'm going to say to you, it is in most cases not worth emailing those info at email addresses because in my experience, you just don't get anywhere. You actually need to speak to the person that is sitting at the desk writing the articles. Well, I think those info ones are very, very generic. So my biggest tip would be, but if you're going to do this, do it properly and don't waste time doing, you know, generic emails. Um, it might take a little bit more searching, but the success rate with generic emails are low. There are a couple of sections, uh, there are a couple of exceptions. Like if it's a really small publication or maybe like a blogger that doesn't have like a team and maybe that is literally their email address, that that's the only one that's set up, then absolutely you could give it a try. Um, but in general, if we're talking about publications, you know, that accept contributions, have multiple writers, we need to find out whose job it is actually to deal with you, to put pitches towards, um, to have conversations with. And nine times out of 10, it is not going to be the person that's on the info at email address. So just save your time and think, okay, it's going to take me a bit longer, but my success rate is going to be much higher. So there are a couple of different ways to find the email addresses then. Sometimes uh, businesses don't put it on their sort of contact page, but they have like meet the team or sometimes uh, their name is hyperlinked. So one thing I always talk about a lot actually is, you know, say you want to uh, be featured in a magazine have a little bit of a read, see what edit, what journalists there are, and you can click on their name if it's an online version, um, and it will show you all their articles that they've written. And that is a really great way to quickly spot like trends, things that they cover. I literally just talked about this in um, Master Your Media coverage of my program last night. Uh, we were looking at a, a home website, and then we saw one journalist, and we saw that she covered like conservatories loads. So we know that if we mention those sort of things in our pitch, chances are she's going to be interested because it's clearly what she covered whether that's because she loves them or whether that's because what her editor wants her to do. Um, So that is the first thing. Do a little bit of research on the site itself. Don't just rely on the contact us page. Read the articles. Click on the links of the author. If sometimes it might embed like their Instagram, that's becoming more and more common now. Then you can sort of jump over to their Instagram and sometimes their email address is linked there. Sometimes they might have a whole page on the site. Sometimes if you're lucky, they have things like meet the team. And sometimes it's worth typing in the name of the publication and like about us or meet the team. Um, But I'm going to assume that you've tried those practical things of like looking on the website and you are getting nowhere. So The next thing we can do is we do need a name. So most of the time we can find a name pretty easily. If it's a magazine that some magazines don't actually like give their writers bylines, but if it's like a print magazine, we can usually see on the inside cover of the magazine who works for there. So it's very rare that we're not going to be able to find some sort of name. As I say, look at the article itself. Is it clickable? Have a look if there's a meet the team page. If it's a print magazine, it will have it on the inside cover. We should be able to find a name and I would recommend trying to like niche down if possible. So like the first name will always be the editor. It's it's fine to send a picture to the editor, but if you go down and there's a health features writer and you're a health brand, 
then you already know that you've got more chance of getting a success rate because you know what the writer is interested in. Similarly, as I said before, flicking through and realising, oh my God, this writer's covered this topic so much is going to increase your chances. Anyway, so we've got a name. The next thing we can try and do is figure out the email format. So as I said, some places will just give out their emails. Other places, it's not like they're hidden, but they just don't like widely advertise them. So I'm not telling you to sort of do anything really covert. Um, But as I say, if it's not immediately available to you, we might need to do a little bit more digging. Social media is a really great place to start, especially Twitter. I will always put the name through Twitter as soon as I find an editor because it's great because we can see what they're covering. They will either have their email in the bio or sometimes you can look at their replies because if they're having a conversation with someone, they've put a journal request out, they usually will reply with their email address or their DMs might be open. I don't really recommend DMing if we can find an email address, but um, some of them keep them open and they're like happy to have conversations in there. So Twitter is a really great place. Instagram is another one. A lot of journalists um, have their um, email linked to their Instagram or most aren't averse of you reaching out and just saying, hi, I've got a really great story idea. I just wondered what the best email for you is. I actually did this the other day um, for the Telegraph. And if I'm honest, I wasn't really expecting a reply. And she's going to come to our event and she's going to do some coverage. So I'm so pleased I dropped a DM. But as with DMs, I would not have sent her the whole pitch on the DM. I would not send her a voice note. I would not um, bombard her. It was simply, hi, I've got a great pitch for you. Just can't find your email address. Do you mind sharing it? And she replied within a few minutes and gave me her email address, which was brilliant. Uh, I would say that's sort of a plan B. So let's think of plan A first of all. So if, you know, we let's try not to resort to that because there are other strategies as well. So as I said, often it's listed on social media. If it's not, then we can see what the email format is. So for example, if you find some email addresses listed, such as the advertising manager, and their format is first name dot last name, then you can hazard a guess that this person is going to have the same sort of email structure. So that's another thing we can do. If you can find someone email or someone else's email that works there and figure out what the email format is, then that saves you having to specifically find your contact. So that's another thing that you could do as well. I know some people that if they can't do that, then they try all these different variations. I can't really be bothered to do that. But I know some people are like, well, it's either going to be first name, last name, just the first name. And I'm going to try all these different variations. But usually um, there will be some emails listed on the site. And if it's not your person, we can see the format and we can try it that way. Other things that we can do then, if we have really exhausted all of these options, hopefully you don't need to get to this part of the episode because you have found the email address by now. Other things we can do. So there are various services like that I've talked about before that help you connect with journalists. Now, Rocket Reach is one that is quite good and they give you five searches a month. Don't quote me on that, but it's a free, it's free for your first few searches anyway. So it's called Rocket Reach. You go on... Um, and you just type in, I just paused to check the uh, link, but yeah, it's rocketreach.co. Great way to have a few free searches and potentially find contacts. A final way that you could potentially find contacts is with press inquiry services. I've talked about these lots before. You can do a week's free trial. 
Although most of them mean that you reply within the system, so you know, with a response source, for example, which I use, response source charges you per category, you get lots of requests, the journalist sends them, they filter it and send it to you, and you sort of reply with response source as your middleman. Um, so it doesn't just give you loads of journalist email addresses, um, but they can be really great um, for getting a sense of different publications, getting a sense of different writers. You can absolutely like make notes and think okay I know that person works there so it can be really good to get some general contacts as well as obviously hopefully like relevant opportunities but if you do a response source trial which I talk about a lot they give you a week's trial you don't have to give your credit card and it's really 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 worth doing and it allows you to you can start like I say you could keep those emails and even after you couldn't reply to them via response source you've still got some reference points that you might revisit later on Um, and I do think that response source is actually good value for money especially if you've got a category that is quite niche so how it works is you pay per category it's about seven eight hundred pound per category a year which is a lot of money um but i am starting to recommend it more because you do get so many requests and obviously that is still cheaper than working with a PR agency. But of course, you do have to actually reply to the request yourself. Um, but yeah, response source trial could be a really good thing that you could do. It might not necessarily find you the contact you're looking for, but it could definitely open up your ideas for contacts, publications to pitch. Even if you're not like super ready to put yourself out there, you could create an email file of ones that you've seen that you might revisit at another time. So that would be my final tip. It's worth noting that contacts change all the time. So don't rely solely on any of these sort of methods that I've talked about. You really do need to constantly, when you're pitching, be checking, is this the right contact? You know, I've had contacts that I've seen on the website still, and then I've realised that person has not written for the magazine for like two years. In fact, I wrote for Top Santi magazine, um, when I was pregnant and my son is four and I've no, I haven't written for them since, but I still get emails pretty much most days asking if I could feature this on Top Santa. So it's worth noting that, yeah, we do have to be persistent. Things change all the time. Contacts change all the time. So it is a bit of guesswork. It's also a case of updating our spreadsheet, you know, having a little bit of research. Does this person actually still work there can really help as well. I hope this episode has been useful. In the show notes is something that has literally just gone up today, um, a wait list for something that I'm launching next week. So it's something that is going to help with this because this is the biggest problem that most people have talked to me about when it comes to PR. So there's going to be an element of what's coming next week uh, that will really help you with this. So if you feel still feel a bit stuck and you're interested in finding out more, click the wait list and all will be revealed next week. listening to PR in your pocket and I really hope this episode was useful if so do come and connect with me online you can jump over to Instagram at Jenna Farmer PR and say hello or you can join my free Facebook group get your business in the media with Jenna Farmer I would love to see you there everyone welcome back to another episode of PR in your pocket service-based businesses this is the episode for you product-based businesses feel free to listen along but today we're going to zoom in and talk about five things you can do right now to get PR for your service-based business so I really want you to use this episode this week to get you some PR now while I talk about PR generally and lots of the stuff I talk about is really relevant to both types of business 
the process is sometimes a little bit different. I think product-based businesses can get their head around a PR a lot easier. You know, for most product-based businesses, they see the gift guides, they see the reviews and the roundup posts that they want to be featured in. They see products like them in all sorts of magazines as they're flicking through. Um, So it can sort of be easier for them to figure out where they fit in. Um, They've got a tangible product. So again, that can make it a little bit easier to give the journalist a sense of their story because they've got something to show them what they've created. While with service-based businesses, you've created some really great things, but you might not have a tangible physical product. Um, And also with product PR, it's sometimes a little bit simpler to measure and get your head around the outcomes. If you know I've been featuring this magazine and I got 100 new sales as a result. Then similarly, okay, I I, want to sell out, so I need to be featuring X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't always work like that for product-based businesses. But sometimes I find the conversion in terms of transactions might be more straightforward with a product-based business. You know, let me give you some examples here. You know, I've worked with a fashion brand and I know that when you know fashion brands get featured in these roundups of places like the independent and uh, glamour magazine and so on we quickly scan through and then we just shop while i work with some amazing service based businesses who have some really high ticket offers and they know and i know that getting one article for them where they've got a great piece of coverage is amazing but that customer even if they read the article they might come over and follow on instagram they might head over to the Facebook group, they might sign up to the email list, they might not necessarily just jump and make a huge ticket purchase of, you know, like a $10,000 program, for example. Um, So, and service-based businesses understand that, but it is a little bit more of a long game. And because of that, it can feel like something that we put off because of all those things that make it a little bit more difficult to get our head around that a product-based business. So that's why I thought I would focus on service-based businesses today. As well as that, I've just launched, and you might have seen if you're in my Facebook group or if you're um, on my newsletter, I've just launched a membership for service-based businesses. So if you're listening to this episode and get to the end and are like, right, I'm going to do it this week, I would love you to come and join us. I'll tell you a little bit more about it at the end and I'll pop a link in the show notes.